Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk, where we talk about the text and test Edwin's patience. <laughs> oh, how you test my patience. <laughs> And the patience of our listeners. Maybe we should get this one started. (laughs) Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 13. We're going to read all the way through verse 20. This is the English Standard Version. Now, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete, close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along, running under the lee of a small island called Cauda. We managed managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then, fearing that they would run aground on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, They began the next day to jettison the cargo, and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Hey, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Have you ever had one of those times in your life where you're like, I hate it when I'm right? I think the Apostle Paul was having one of those moments when he just hated being right. I mean, it's not any fun to warn people and and small satisfaction to be able to say, I told you so. Um, Because he said, I I perceive there's going to be a terrible storm. We were talking about that on the program yesterday. Uh, They move headlong and boy, it just doesn't take any time. They're in a a terrible storm, a terrible gale, and it goes on for days. I mean, we're not seeing the sun, we're not seeing the stars, we don't know where we are, um, and we got to get rid of the tackle, and day after day, I mean, this is a horrible, horrible squall. Really creates a dire situation. And then Paul does come back and say, guys, you should have listened to me. Yeah. You should have. I was. I hate to have been right, but I was right. But I was right. So, you know, point for common sense there. And uh, while we see that we're creating an episode for God to be glorified, ultimately, as, as their souls will be delivered um, at terrible cost for uh, pressing forward in a journey which was ill-advised, ill-advised. Makes me want to ask the question, though, why did God let this happen? Mm. Why? It, That's a, a great question whenever we're in terrible storms, isn't it? I think it, ones, it, it just comes up a lot. Uh, when when there's a storm, we weren't expecting it. When somebody had warned us not to do that, and guess what? We did it anyway. And then instead of saying, boy, I just I wish I could take that one back, we say, why is God letting this happen? Well, Blame I, him. I get why there was a storm when Jonah was on the ship. Well, hey, now. That's right. Jonah was fleeing God. That's right. And, uh, and yes, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, you know, Paul is God's faithful servant. He's got Luke with him, also God's faithful servant. He's been told he's got to go to Rome. He's getting to Rome. And this is not persecution. This is not attack from the Romans or the Jews. This is not someone laying in wait as an ambush against Paul to try to kill him. This is just a, 
I'm going to do the air quotes again. Yesterday you got onto me about that. We don't have video, but I'm air quoting. This is just an act of nature. Mm. And uh, the reason why I put it in air quotes is because what we understand is acts of nature are under God's control. And that's why the insurance company still believes in acts of God, as some, I use my air quotes. Some people, some insurance companies still call it that. They do. And uh, that's that's interesting, demonstrating God really does exist. And we understand these are acts of God. God could have kept this from happening. This happened because God let it. And so I wonder, Paul is faithful. Mm-hmm. Luke is faithful. Mm-hmm. Here are these. I mean, I'd get it if Paul and Luke weren't on the ship. Those Romans were, of course, terrible, awful sinners. And so they might deserve something like this. But Paul and Luke are with them. You would think that that alone would keep them out of any type of hardship and turmoil. Now, ultimately, we're going to find out it works out. But man, this is a hard road to hoe here. And um, they're why does God let this kind of suffering and hardship happen especially with his faithful servants. That's a hard thing. And I tell you, it, it doesn't it doesn't get any easier for them. As, as we read, as you read a moment ago, this storm persists for days. You know, at what day do you start getting some doubts? What day do you start getting some fear? I'm not sure this ship's going to make it through this. And here are the sailors, the best of their efforts with outrigging and other boats and we're trying to keep us off the sand. I mean, they're doing all they know to do to try to weather the storm and it looks like the storm's going to get the better of them. Well, Luke describes it as finally all hope of being saved was abandoned. Mm. I think he must be, of course, talking about the crew and the other prisoners. Surely that was not the case for Paul. Paul understood, I've been given a promise Mm -hmm. and God is going to renew this promise for him, but we haven't gotten to that paragraph yet. He's going to renew this. Okay, so let's answer our question. Why does God let this happen? Why does he let things like this happen to his children, his faithful children? The first thing I come up with is, well, we just have to understand God has never promised his faithful children lack of trouble. No, he has not. We are not saved. Our we, We've said this last week. This was really a big message last week. Our hope is resurrection. That's right. Our hope is not easy, toil-free, simple lives. Now, no doubt we pray. We pray, as Paul taught Timothy, we pray that God would allow us to have peace, that Mm -hmm. God would, that the the folks who are rulers will let us lead peaceful, quiet lives, Mm -hmm. godly and dignified Mm -hmm. in every way. But God has never promised a toil-free pain-free, hardship-free, suffering-free life, even for his Christians. That's not the hope. Well, that is not the hope. And you don't have to read in the Bible very far. You get to about the third chapter of Genesis, and you realize that the um, wonderful ideal of a sinless life, of uh, the joy of the garden, was wrecked by sin. And the consequences of it with the curse and death Okay, the Bible explains to us why bad things happen in this world and that God, we don't today walk in in the best world, the best situation. Um, The gospel is the way to the best world and the best situation. But because of sin and because of death, there are uh, forces at work and physical forces at work. The earth is a groaning place. And so you do have terrible storms that will toss a ship around like we're reading about here earthquakes and volcano eruptions and 
you know, we live in her, uh, you know, we live in hurricane. We live in Florida, and so we're always watching hurricanes this time of year, um, because time and chance or take us, and we live in a world where there are some bad things happening in the course of events. You're not singled out, but you're here when it comes around. We live in a sin-soaked world, and it's it's just it's just what controls the world. It's just what what has happened to this world. And because of sin, the very nature of the world in which we live has changed. And it's not because you have sinned, you go through a shipwreck, though sometimes. Sometimes. But it's not necessarily, I have sinned, therefore I am suffering a shipwreck. It's the fact that this is a world that is enveloped in sin. So shipwrecks happen. And what God has not done is said, okay, my children now get to avoid those. What he has said is my children are going to walk through their share of those, but they're going somewhere where all that is taken away. Yeah. And that, and our hope is resurrection. The second thing Mm -hmm. that I think is important for us to recognize is that through our suffering, God is often glorified. Mm. What is more important in all of this is not that we avoid suffering, but that God is glorified. And he is often more glorified by his children walking through suffering with faith and trust, holding on to his hand, demonstrating their dependence upon him, and demonstrating that our hope is in him. That's the thing that causes folks around us to say, What is this crazy hope you have? Look at all this you've gone through. And I'm watching how you're dealing with it and handling it. I I need to know what your hope is because your hope is different from mine. That kind of thing comes when we suffer. And that, again, brings to my mind something we talked about last week with the hope and how unfortunate it is that some people will say that Christianity... All religion just needs to be about these felt needs, these things of the moment, uh, and and scoff at the idea of heaven and of eternal life, that there has to be, according to the Bible, there is something more than just what's around me at this moment in this circumstance, that God is going to walk through this with me as his child, uh, but it was never about this here and now. The hope, the resurrection, it, it, it is about the hereafter. I cannot remember the person who said this. Um, I know who told me about it. Ralph Walker told me about it. At Tip or, Ralph Walker. At Tip Ralph Walker. Um, it was a prayer, and I'm probably not going to get the prayer exactly right. I think I may have even mentioned it on our podcast at some time in the past, but the prayer goes something like this. Um, Lord, if it be your will, heal your servant quickly. But if it will glorify you, let your servant linger in or heal your servant slowly. Mm. If it will glorify you even more, let your servant linger in this sickness. But if it will glorify you most of all, take your servant home to be with you. Mm. And it's the idea that when I go through even natural suffering, mm-hmm. my goal is the glory of God. And look, I don't want to suffer. No. I don't want to go through a shipwreck. I don't want to live in the storm. But in the middle of the storm, what I am most focused on is the glory of God. And God, whatever will glorify you, yeah. let that happen. Now, I, this is another one of those places where I have to say, 
when I pray those kinds of things, I often have to follow them up with. And God, make me make what I'm saying here true. Yeah, I, help me to remember it. I, I'm not. I, this, <laughs> when the waves crashing in on my head, help me to remember to pray that prayer. I want to feel this way. Yeah. I long to feel this way. Yeah. I am super impressed that somebody somewhere felt this way. And so, God, I'm going to pray this because this is what I want to be like. Help me to say this and not only say it, help me to mean it. God allows suffering because we live in a world that is full of sin and he has not said when you become my child all that suffering goes away he said when you become my child i'm pointing you to something better that's going to come your hope is in the resurrection your hope is in eternity your hope is with me beyond this life and so we're still going to go through suffering are you in a shipwreck right now are you in a storm don't turn away from god don't think god has abandoned you God has allowed that. He has never promised that we are going to miss out on suffering and hardship in this life. What he has promised is he'll hold our hand through it. He'll walk through it with us. He'll hold us in his hand as we go through it, and he will bring us out on the other side. We'd love to hear from you. If there's anything we can pray for you about, if there's something going on that you'd like to talk with us about, we'd love to hear from you. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's wrap up with a prayer. God in heaven, thank you very much for this day. Uh, once again, we've talked about some difficult things. This is this is some of the kind of stuff, Lord, that I don't actually like to talk about. I wish it could all be roses and daisies and just a garden path, but it's not. We live in a world where pandemics happen. We live in a world where storms happen. We live in a world where shipwreck happens, and it happens to your children as it does to everyone else. Help us to maintain our hope in you, to maintain our hope in eternity, to maintain our hope in your resurrection because of the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, that we can look forward to the resurrection coming for us, that we can hang on to that, we can continue with our hope and walk through whatever difficulties we face. We know that it's not difficult every day. And so for the good days, we thank you for those. But Father, we pray whatever will bring you the most glory. And if suffering will do that, then let us suffer. If, if having a good day will do that, then let us have a good day. What we want most of all is for you to be glorified. Through your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Hey, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Have you ever had one of those times in your life where you're like, I hate it when I'm right. (laughs) You know, the Apostle Paul might be having a moment. I mean, the Bible doesn't say, I told you so, and I'm sure that's not what anyone was thinking. But there was a uh, warning. Did he say, I told you so? (laughs) Well, now we got to outtake this. (laughs) I think in verse 21, men, you should have listened to me. And not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. You're right about that. Let me start over. He said, I told you so. Hey, Edwin.